Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today our text is the gospel lesson, probably one of the most well-known, maybe even a, a favorite a parable, uh, one of Jesus' parables, and that is of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, um, the title of the sermon that you see printed is says, Jesus Changes Everything. Well, if Jesus can change everything, I guess I could change something too, and I've changed the title of the sermon and the sermon, this title is what we'll be focusing in on today. And the question is, how good is good enough? How good is good enough? Now, when you think about that question, you know, really, when to answer it, everybody could be answering that a little bit different to have different views on that. For example, uh, let's say homework. And we have a student doing their homework, and they look at their 12 math problems that are there on their assignment, and they said, they get up to number 10, and the other two are there. They look a little bit harder. He says, well, I think that's good enough. I'm just going to stop right there. But if the parent, mom or dad, come over and look at the paper, they might have a different opinion about how good is good enough and make them finish the other two uh, problems. Or let's say a husband and wife are getting ready to host a party at their house, and they're working on cleaning it. Well, there might be a difference between the husband and wife about how good is good enough. Or let's think about maybe you have someone that comes and offers a service at your house, uh, painting, you know, your house or uh, uh, maybe fixing your car or maybe having your carpets cleaned. I just said that because we just had that done. Now, maybe you're like me and you like to watch very carefully as they do their work so that you know that they have done it good enough. And maybe if you see that they've skipped a few steps that you would like to have done, you might be right there, you know, trying to get their good enough to be what your good enough is. Luckily, the customer is always right. Is that right? Always works. Well, today in our text, Jesus deals with this question. How good is good enough? How good is good enough to be in right relationship with him? How good is good enough to earn God's favor? Or maybe to rephrase that, what is it that we must do to stand righteous before our God? Well, to answer that question, Jesus tells this parable. In the parable, we have two uh, characters. Uh, one of them is a Pharisee, and one of them is a tax collector. And if you think about these two characters, they're about as far apart as you could possibly be on the goodness scale. They are complete opposites. The Pharisees, they were the religious leaders. They were the faithful ones, the ones who talked the talk and walked the walk. They valued God's word. They were the protectors of God's law. And they took great pains to carefully observe all that the Lord had commanded. And more, the tax collector, not even close. They were the bad guys. They betrayed their people. They sold their people out for, to the Romans. They hated, they were hated by the Jewish people. They cheated and swindled others out of their money just to line their own pockets. They were the true villains. If those there that day that, the, uh, that Jesus was telling a parable, were, were, uh, who he was telling the parable to were asked, you know, how good is good enough 
they would respond, they would find their answer in the Pharisee. He was the one that would be good enough. Well, let's now look back at Jesus' parable and see how, what he says. Starting at verse 10, we read, Two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. If this was a melodrama, that's where we'd be clapping when we heard the Pharisee character. And then also the, the, the tax collector. That'd be the one boo hiss. You know, we would be uh, giving our hisses there. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, the unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. The Pharisee prays a prayer of thanksgiving to God that quickly goes south. He's basically thanking God that he is not a sinner like those other sinners. This prayer is about his goodness. And for the most part, what he says is true. He is not unjust. He is not an adulterer. He wasn't like the tax collector. He fasts even twice a week and faithfully ties. Generally, if you were there, if you were one of the Jewish people, you look at him as a, as a good guy. What the Pharisee didn't see was the fact that he was a sinner. His selfish pride blinded him. He only saw his God-pleasing works, finding a, statute, a standard of righteousness in himself. And in his selfish pride, he was quick, quick to judge others, building himself up in his own eyes as he looked down upon others like that, like that tax collector. In his eyes, the Pharisee thought he was good enough to merit God's favor by his own works of faithfully following the law, fasting, tithing, etc. Well, now let's look at the tax collector's prayer in verse 13. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, that's quite a contrast from the Pharisee. The tax collector just stood far off in shame, not even wanting to be seen. The tax collector knew what everybody else knew, that he wasn't good enough, that he was unworthy. He didn't have any good list of attributes that he could go to God and, and bargain with. He couldn't, he couldn't make comparisons to anyone. He was a beggar with nothing to offer. In shame, he couldn't even lift his eyes up to God. In his sorrow, the tax collector did the only thing that he could do. He prayed, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So how good is good enough to earn God's favor? Jesus answers that question in his next statement. In verse 14, Jesus says, I tell you, this man, the tax collector, went down to his house justified rather than the other. Did you hear that? The tax collector, not the Pharisee, was justified he was declared not guilty. He was released from the accountability for his sin. He was declared righteous in God's eyes. Now this had to be a complete shock to anybody who was watching. 
Their mental context for the idea of God's just, judge, justice would be the same as we would expect out of judges today. That God, as the perfect judge, certainly would acquit the, would acquit the innocent and he would condemn the guilty. And this tax collector even confessed his sin. He admitted his guilt. This is an open and shut case. How could God declare the tax collector not guilty? And here's where we deal with the question. How good is good enough to earn God's favor? And the answer is, there is no good enough to earn his favor. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God. All people, even the Pharisee, are guilty sinners, and our righteous good works cannot pay off the debt of our sin. You know, recently Mary and I were blessed to go on a, a trip uh, to Europe, but before we went, we had to exchange our American dollars for euros. And that's because if I went to an establishment in Europe and pulled out my American dollars, the vendor would tell me that my currency was not acceptable. Well, our good works are not acceptable to God when we think about being right in his eyes. We cannot buy God's favor. The Pharisee might be the epitome of righteous living, doing all the right things, but our text says it was the tax collector that went home justified, declared righteous. Well, how is this possible? The tax collector didn't make any sort of sacrifice to help, you know, as part of his repentance. He didn't do anything. He didn't make any form of restitution to make up for his sins. So on what basis was he justified? On what basis was he declared not guilty? He was justified only by God's mercy and grace, a righteousness apart from works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 makes it clear. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. The only thing that the tax collector brought was his confession of sins. He prayed, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And this is the prayer that Jesus praises because praying that prayer is to recognize that we have no righteousness of our own to offer God and we have to depend solely on his mercy. The tax collector prayed, be merciful to me. But why should God be merciful to a tax collector, to me or to you? On what basis? God is a just God. He must punish sin. Sin is never overlooked. It has to be paid for. In Romans 3, 23 or 25, we read, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Did you hear that? It was God himself who atoned for or paid for my sin and your sin by the sending of his son. Jesus took our place. 
he was the good that we cannot be, living that sinless life and then taking our sentence of death upon himself, shedding his blood on the cross for our sins. Our just God did punish sin. In his love for us, he sent his son to die in our place. This parable concludes, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now I think when we read over this parable from our perspective, we see just what Jesus is talking about, who he's talking about here. You know, that Pharisee, that Pharisee is the one who exalts himself. That Pharisee is the bad guy. And that tax collector, he humbled himself. That's the good guy. But the fact is, we connect, we connect so quickly with this parable, the, 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 you know, the fact that we understand what Jesus is talking about there should really also give us some concern. The Pharisee exalted himself and he looked on himself as better than others. He was quick to judge, saying, thank God I'm not like that tax collector. But when we look at the, the Pharisee now in this parable, we might be thinking the same. Thank God that I'm not like that self-righteous and judgmental Pharisee. And there it is, right? There it is. We are often like the Pharisee. We are exalting ourselves and judging others. You see, this, fair, this parable is not for us to pat ourselves on the back and say, oh yeah, we're, we're right with the tax collector. You know, we're really the Pharisee. You know, we're not wonderful sinners. We are, we are forgiven sinners. We are loved by God. We are saved only by his grace. We are no better and we are no worse than anyone else. You know, it's easy to be judgmental though. And we often judge our, you know, ourselves spiritually even by comparison, right? Oh, I go to church three times a month. And I know people that only go to church maybe like twice a year. And I'm more involved. I, when I, you know, I try to really be active in the church. I try to do whatever I can uh, to help out. But then I just see people walking in and out. You never see them again. And I do, I mean, even though it's a sacrifice, I try to tithe. You know, I'm very faithful in that. And I'm wondering when we look at our budget if everybody else is doing that. You know, what are we doing? We're building ourselves up just like that tax collector and judging others. We too can easily become self-righteous, feeling good about ourselves. It's easy for us to fall in the trap of the parable and judge the Pharisee. You see, in this parable, there is no good guy and there is no bad guy. Remember, no one is right in God's eyes by how good they are, and no one is kept from God's grace because of how bad they are. The Pharisee and the tax collector are the same in God's eyes, sinners in need of mercy. We are humbled when we, when we remember Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are humbled in that text, the truth of that text, and like the tax collector, we are drawn to our knees. 
On our knees, God forgives our sinful pride. On our knees, we experience not our goodness, but God's goodness. On our knees, we can be confident that God does have mercy on us. We can be sure, just like the tax collector went home justified, so also we go home justified. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. You know, a celebration of Reformation is next week. You know, a faithful celebration of Reformation is only possible when we understand that we have nothing to contribute to our salvation. There is no good enough in ourselves. It is only found in Jesus' atoning sacrifice on the cross for our sin. We can only come at, to God as the, taxpayer, as the tax collector came, confessing our sins, and then rejoicing in the sure promise that, that through Christ our sins are forgiven. We are justified and we stand righteous in God's eyes. And that is sure in Jesus' name. Amen.